Amid losses, the Arizona Cardinals continue to grow. You are locked on Cardinals. Your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Locked on Cardinals, Alex Clancy here. Follow me on Twitter, Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked on AZ Cards. Thank you for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen each and every day, free wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team. Every day, this episode of Locked on Cardinals is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Cardinals lose 35-16. At times, this game was a lot closer than the final score. At times, this game was a little bit further away than the final score. But as we start to break this game down, start to look at the big picture of this season and beyond, one thing remains clear. This Cardinals team, team seems to be very well coached, seems to play with level heads, seems to have a balanced attack on offense with a true direction on how this offense should be run. The defense plays with dog in them. It, the problem is the defense is just devoid of talent at this time. But you'll hear the term from me, proof of concept, a lot this season because that's what the 2023 season is it's proof of concept about the offense about the defense and about Jonathan Gannon leading the charge remember when Jonathan Gannon got hired and all of these coaches the majority of them were hired to positions that they'd never been in before namely Nick Rallis and and Drew Petson neither had been defensive or offensive coordinators respectively It was going to be kind of a cabinet situation with Jonathan Gannon as the president. Sure, he'll be the face. But this is going to be a learn-on-the-job-as-you-go kind of situation. Sure, Jeff Rogers, been in the league a long time, can add some some veteran wisdom, as it were. But the NFL is changing. The look of what makes a winning team isn't just one look used to be run the ball and play good defense and win a Super Bowl. It can be whatever you want it to be now, as long as it's consistent, as long as you keep the opposing defense or offense guessing. So what we've seen through four weeks is a proof of concept for what this team, both offense, defense, leadership, culture, family, will look like when it's infused with talent. Kyler Murray coming back this year, offseason, next season draft. What this season is, is proof of concept. What this season is, is a massive recruiting tool for free agents or soon-to-be free agents or trade partners. I mean, player, player empowerment's never been more prevalent. So if the Cardinals need a cornerback one, which I tweeted about yesterday... I don't need to necessarily sign one for agency. You could trade for one. And with the amount of draft capital the Cardinals have, it's definitely on the table. So through today, we'll talk about the game. Okay. We'll talk about the rookies. And then there was a report out a couple of days ago from Adam Schefter about Kyler Murray's return and kind of a timetable or lack thereof 
as of right now and what that means for the future of the team. So the 49ers game was about a couple different things. One, Christian McCaffrey's really good. He's been the bane of the Arizona Cardinals' existence since he's come into the league. For those that remember, the Carolina Panthers a handful of years ago, I think it might have been Kyler Murray's rookie year. I think. It was just a picture of Christian McCaffrey, 85 yards to the house, or 80 yards to the house, untouched, up the gut, gone. Uh, He had a lot of touchdowns yesterday, kind of did whatever he wanted. Um, And they were smart. They ran the ball in the interior of the defensive line. You know, that's especially with injuries. That's the Cardinals. You could say that that's the weakest spot of the Arizona Cardinals, tied with probably the cornerback room. But that was the tale. I mean, Christian McCaffrey's really good. Uh, Kyle Shanahan's got a great game plan because he's got all of the talent and all of the NFL, it seems. I don't know how they're doing it. Shout out to Aaron Freeman, the Locked on Falcons host. The salary cap is a lie. They have the best quarterback contract in the history of football with Brock Purdy, and they could spend money elsewhere until they have to pay him, which is two years away. But Christian McCaffrey's really good. Debo Samuel didn't do much. George Kittle didn't do much. Brandon Ayuk had a couple large chunk plays, but the majority of the damage was done from Christian McCaffrey. And that's not an original story. So it's not like, you know, oh, they couldn't stop George Kittle. Because that was something that we talked about in Crossover Thursday with Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker of Lock on 49ers. One of the biggest issues the Cardinals have had stained on their organization is the inability to stop top-tier tight ends. Pretty much, I mean, for the last decade, let's say. There was a running joke. Oh, who's playing the Cardinals? Well, stream that tight end in fantasy football. George Kittle, nothing. Debo Samuel, not much. It was just a lot of Christian McCaffrey, a lot of Brandon Ayuk, and they're just a more talented roster on both sides of the you know, on both sides of the ball. It's just pretty obvious. Now, Joshua Dobbs looked good. His numbers looked good. Like this is the first time you know we had that massive run last week against the Cowboys. I mean, twenty-eight of forty-one, two sixty-five, and two touchdowns. Did not turn the ball over again. Look good. Proof of concept. And this isn't, I, I got, I got a lot of, of <laughs> I, I'm going to tweet this every week, especially if the, if the offense continues to hum in its own form. Imagine this offense with Kyler Murray. Imagine this offense with Kyler Murray. You know, uh, Hollywood Brown, seven for 96. He's doing it with every quarterback that he's like, this is starting to become a thing where it's like, okay, he's a good receiver. And it's, that's not like a, you know, Oh, well, how did you not know that before now? He had a massive start to last year with Kyler Murray. You can tell the greatness of a receiver or the level of greatness of a receiver by being able to perform regardless of who the quarterback is. DeAndre Hopkins had a lot of TJ Yates and I think Case Keenum was there on it. Like he, it didn't matter who his quarterback was. He just performed in Houston. It's kind of that factor. And Hollywood Brown is performing. We'll see what happens at the end of this season if they want to give him the cheese. If, you know, I'll talk in the last segment about Kyler Murray. Like if Kyler Murray doesn't come, if Kyler Murray's not the quarterback next year, do you keep Hollywood Brown? Do you have to keep Hollywood Brown if Kyler Murray's the quarterback next year? Like there, there are just so many little wrinkles to that, you know, friendship that they have going all the way back to their, you know, their one year in college together at Oklahoma. 
But the offense, Drew Petzing's offense, looked good against maybe the best defense in the NFL. And I implore people over and over again to not look at points. Sure, obviously you want to score more on the other team. You want to finish drives. You want things like that. But the offense looked competent again. This is four weeks in a row. Week one was terrible. Okay, that was just kind of a Travis Sham mockery, perfect storm of Joshua Dobbs not being with the team for, you know, a month. And week one, just clunkiness, things like that. But since, especially at home in week two and week three, the offense played six, like, really good quarters of football. And then yesterday, it looked fine. And it, it, this wasn't a rely on James Conner game because you could tell the game plan was for the defense, stop James Conner. Make Joshua Dobbs beat you. It's not ideal that Joshua Dobbs throws 41 times in a game. He didn't He didn't make any really egregiously bad throws in situations where the Cardinals needed to convert a first down. He didn't. The drop from Zach Ertz at the end of the game, that was a drop. Zach Pascal, the I mean, Josh Dobbs threw a dime to Zach Pascal in the back of the end zone, and it just went through his hands. So the big story to yesterday was Christian McCaffrey's really good. The Cardinals don't have the talent necessary in an effort to keep up, to, keep, you know, you know, keep in games with the San Francisco 49ers team that's flush with talent. And the offense are competent again. Drew Petzing had a game plan again that was executed, you know, lightly because Joshua Dobbs isn't an all-world quarterback in this league, but he played well. And that shows the proof of concept necessary in an effort to build an offensive foundation for the future when Kyler Murray inevitably does come back. Two of the biggest stars from yesterday for the Arizona Cardinals are only playing in their fourth NFL games. Paris Johnson Jr., Michael Wilson. Impressive. This episode of Locked on Cardinals is brought to you by LinkedIn. So I love LinkedIn. I have a history with LinkedIn. Um, I used to look for jobs on LinkedIn all the time. Now, if you are an employer looking for people that fit your you know, job openings, LinkedIn jobs is probably the best place you can go because every, you know, every day, the new potential hire cycle can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. And you want to be 100% certain you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. So you make a post, you add your job in the purple uh, hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. You could use simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to Faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Locked on Cardinals, your team every day, one in three as of right now. I'm I'm throwing around the idea of a tankathon Tuesday, and not because I know I know today's not Tuesday. I know today's not. It would be for tomorrow. Tomorrow's Tuesday. The day after Monday is Tuesday. I'm kind of thinking like, not as like, ooh, 
hopefully the Cardinals lose so they can move up. It's kind of just like a, you know, a barometer reading for the Cardinals would be if the season ended today. If the season ended today, the Cardinals would be picking 8th and 13th. Houston Texans looked really good again yesterday. Um, yeah, and I'm going to go into it later this week about how maybe the Cardinals could pass on drafting a wide receiver um, and, you know, allocate their top draft capital to more needed resources as change the talent on the roster. That's there'll be an interesting conversation. I think I'm going to do that tomorrow. Um, Paris Johnson Jr. Looked good. Had a couple penalties. One was declined. One was accepted holding. Um, Nick Bosa was a pseudo non-factor. And I know he jumps onto either side, but he was a pseudo non-factor. This front of the San Francisco 49ers is probably the best in football. They're tied with the Philadelphia Eagles. That's fine. They're kind of married together in a lot of these conversations, the Eagles and the 49ers defense, because it's splitting hairs. It's really splitting hairs. Um, the Cardinals offensive line only allowed one sack. And Paris Johnson Jr. through four weeks has that, that star right away look. Every dayers, you can plug your ears for this. If this is your first listen to Locked on Cardinals, thank you. Uh, one of the things that I love to say about young players is, especially top-tier uh, draft talent, top-tier draft capital, first round usually, a lot of times you can see the star right away. And if you see the star right away, rarely is it a flash in the pan. It depends on position. You know, wide receiver, we've seen a lot where they'll, there'll be a wide receiver who will ball out in their first year and then just kind of regress back to the mean. But offensive line, if they're good right away and they hold their own right away without any sort of, you know, 13 personnel to chip on their side of the line, because the pass rusher on that side is is overpowering the rookies so much they need to add a third a third tight end on the line. Like things like that. Parrishon Jr. has been fine. He's been good. He hasn't been talked about, which is good. That's what you always want. You go back to the 80s mentality pretty much of it's like the offensive line isn't being talked about. They're doing a good job. The only time the offensive line is discussed is when things aren't going so well. Now, obviously, offensive linemen, there's been an influx of money paid to offensive linemen, which rightfully so. I mean, it's decades late. There was decades late when it started. You know, there was a, what was it, the Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford, Sam Bradford kind of area where it's like, wait, you're going to give $40 million guaranteed to a quarterback who's never played it down and an offensive lineman are making 200000 a year? Yeah, no muss. Not so much. Parrish Johnson Jr. on the right side of the line has been good. Against that front, he was good. Last week, he was great. Week one against Washington's front seven, he was good. Like, it's not like the Cardinals have played cupcakes. The Cardinals are the cupcake this year, at least on paper. They're the easy dub on paper for other teams. The Cardinals have played three of the best front sevens in football through the first four weeks in Washington, the Cowboys, and, and the 49ers yesterday. Parrish Johnson Jr. has more than held his own. And that is massive because one of, I have a lot of favorite things that I say on this, on this podcast, set and forget guys is something that the Cardinals haven't had a lot of, many of, you know, Chandler Jones when he was great, Buda Baker, Patrick Peterson for a couple years, set and forget, don't have to worry about it. Larry Fitzgerald, obviously 
I think I'm talking about since I took over the podcast in 2017. You haven't really had a DJ Humphreys in some capacity, Rodney Hudson for that one year where it's like, okay, you don't have to work. You don't like, it's not a part of the conversation on game day. It's like, okay, well, those guys will perform. What are the other guys going to do? The Cardinals have a lot more. What are the other guys going to do as opposed to those guys are going to perform guys. And if you have Paris Johnson Jr. starting this through, you know, the first 240 minutes of his NFL career playing at this level, it is a fantastic outlook for the future of his career. Yes, small sample size. Sure. Is he going to move to the left side if DJ if they move on from DJ Humphreys? We don't know. But so far, so damn good. And then, you know, the star of yesterday was Michael Wilson. Third-round pick out of Stanford. Big, can play outside. Like, <laughs> the Cardinals the last couple of years had trouble finding open receivers. It's like one of my favorite stats that I uh, that I talked about a couple of years ago was Devontae Adams, his last year, I think it was his last year in Green Bay, Devontae Adams had more red zone receptions than DeAndre Hopkins had targets. So if you want to find your best receiver, scheme for it. And with Drew Petsing, like Michael Wilson, this game is not too fast for him. The NFL game is not too fast for him. It's not too physical. He seemingly catches everything, and he can contort his body, has incredible core strength, it seems. And he had his first two touchdowns of his NFL career yesterday. And this is a little foreshadowing. What if the Cardinals already have their wide receiver core? Hollywood Brown's been good. Michael Wilson's been good. Rondell Moore's been fine. Like, it's not the best wide receiving core in the world. But if Michael Wilson comes in and he's a hardcore wide receiver too, the Cardinals have the third overall pick and they get offered two first rounders to move down two spots because somebody wants Marvin Harris. It's just a conversation for later. But Michael Wilson has been a vision. He's been an absolute vision. And it's, it's just so interesting. So BJ Ojolar is coming off injury. Hasn't made a huge impact. Garrett Williams has yet to see the field. But the two picks in the first three rounds of Monty Oswald's first campaign as GM have over-delivered. And that was pretty damn sweet. Like, watching the game yesterday, Parrish Johnson Jr., like, I watch him every snap because... Anytime and Shelty Froholt played great yesterday. They brought him out. I'm assuming it was for a concussion check. He came out. What tried? They tried to bring him back in, and then he came back out during a pivotal point of the game too. The offensive line's been good. The offensive, the offensive line's been good, and I think part of it has to do with Joshua Dobbs realizing that he can't stay in the pocket for 11 seconds like he did in the week one. He didn't do the offensive line any favors against Washington in his first in his first start. But last couple of weeks, he had 12 carries yesterday. I, that's not what you want. And some of it was during garbage time. But the offensive line overall has been good. And then Michael Wilson, like he's going to be one of the bigger waiver wire pickups this week. That's not a direct correlative between the future of the Arizona Cardinals and fantasy football. Just a little aside. And I did draft in my dynasty league this year because... 
you know, I guess it's kind of like insider info. Seeing him in camp. But by all accounts, since being drafted, both Paris Johnson Jr. and Michael Wilson seem like the real deal. And that is incredible. Going into this season, my biggest goal for the Cardinals was to find their stars on this roster already to save high-end draft capital in 2024 and beyond. So if Michael Wilson has 900 yards receiving and eight touchdowns or 10 touchdowns this year, we could have a conversation about where the Cardinals could trade back and have somebody else draft Marvin Harrison Jr. and they could draft other positions of need. I'm just saying it's a conversation that can be had if. A conversation can be had if. And so far, when Michael Wilson's actually been getting the routes running, getting the time and the snaps on the field, he's produced. We'll see if it continues. Locked on Cardinals, your team every day. Adam Schefter had a report out about Kyler Murray. What does it mean? We'll hit it next. This episode of Locked on Cardinals is brought to you by FanDuel. So, NFL's in full swing. And you'd be doing yourself a disservice if you didn't snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. I mean, the app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So, again. New customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Final segment, Alex Lancy here. Thanks for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen each and every day free wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. The Cardinals lose. Okay, like I feel like this is a disclaimer every week. You're not glorifying losses and seeing what's in front of you, how the Cardinals are growing every week cannot be understated or undervalued because they are completely rebuilding. They are competitive. They are better than a handful of teams in this league as currently constructed talent wise. And that lends immensely to preparation and coaching. It just does. Jonathan Gannon has done a great job. Drew Petzing has done a great job. And, and Nick Riles has done a great job too. But the, the, the thing is, like, Drew Petzing has a leg up because it's more quantifiable and more so, which I don't know if it's a deterrent or a, it, it, it's neither, but what we've seen over the last four years is while talent was there on the offensive side of the ball, it was always under a brighter and hotter, you know, spotlight with Cliff Kingsbury calling the players to be in the head coach. Cause that's what he was brought in there for. 
to have a high-powered offense with Kyler Murray running it, supposed to be humming, and a lot of times it just wasn't. A lot of three and outs, a lot of 35-second drives. And what we've seen so far with Drew Petzing's offense is it's an elevated Florida offense. Now, our, was Cliff Kingsbury ceiling for that offense higher? Probably. But the peaks and valleys weren't sustainable if you wanted to have a competent offense in the NFL. It just wasn't. One of my favorite things that I used to say about uh, Cliff Kingsbury was Cliff Kingsbury could put together a great movie trailer, but the movie wasn't always that good. He had some great play calls, you know, peppered in throughout a game. When you need a third down conversion on third and two, you're running go routes every, I mean, with the highest of percentages I've ever seen in my life, without any sort of adjustment to changing it, seeing what's happening now is, is a breath of fresh air, but that's not taking away what Drew Petzing is doing. It's not like, oh, at least it's not Cliff's offense, and this looks better because of that. No, this is an NFL big boy offense run by a quarterback who could never see the field due to talent level of other quarterbacks who are on the roster of his team, and he is potentially going to be a career backup unless this is a massive renaissance year for him, like an a la Geno Geno Smith year where he gets a starting job elsewhere. I just don't necessarily see it. But the offense itself is balanced. It uses play action incredibly effectively. And you're using all the skill position players on offense. You're using both tight ends, a lot of 12 personnel, wide receivers, and you're running the ball a lot through the tackles and outside. There's a couple things that need to be in place for that to work, offensive line. And skill position players, good running back, and a competent quarterback. Now, with Kyler Murray, Adam Schefter reported that Kyler Murray will not be, um, you know, brought off the pup. He's not going to, like, so the 21-day window after being brought off the pup list can be utilized. Like, say you want to utilize in week six, they can all have 21 days. I always thought that it was going to be middle of the season, week eight, week nine. I'm not a doctor. I mean, towards ACL in December. So there's a couple different questions here. One, do you bring him back right when he's healthy? Or is there going to be, like, the way the way the tweet was worded, it made me think, like, well, does that mean he's not coming back this year? It that there's a, I find that very hard to believe. But if that's the case, I, I think that would be more like, Kyler, you're our guy rest for the year and let's rock in 2024. I think that we're a far cry away. And this is me personally. This is everything Jonathan Gannon has said. This is everything Kyler's looked like on the sidelines. This is everything that's changed since Monty Osborne and Jonathan Gannon came in with all the coaches, et cetera. This isn't a Josh Rosen's our guy proclamation, vote of confidence, things like that from a head coach, quarterback, whatever it is. It feels different. Now, it could be a, a huge charade. It, I mean, definitely could be. But if Kyler Murray doesn't play this year, I don't think that is a direct correlative to them drafting a quarterback and them moving off Kyler Murray. I, I just I, I don't think that that's like a foregone conclusion. That's what it's going to be, especially with everything they've said. They've been glowing about Kyler Murray. Jonathan Gannon, he had zero tie. To K1. Monty Lossworth, zero tie. He could be much more vague with how he talks about Kyler Murray. 
but he's not. I know there's a lot of politics that goes involved in being the head coach of an NFL organization. It just feels like Jonathan Gannon cares more about being truthful and being open, except for who's going to start week one. He kept like he was Fort Knox. But if Kyler Murray doesn't come back until week 10, fine. If he doesn't come back till week eight, fine. Like, I think that we are beyond, I personally, leave in the comments if if, if you disagree, because I mean, I think the the jury's the jury's out like this is it's not necessarily split but it's gotten murkier the water has because the cardinals are playing better than a lot of nfl teams through four weeks i know they're only one in three there's a lot of teams that have played really bad in chicago and carolina do you just go try to win football games and be happy that you're going to have two top 15 picks next year? Or do you just shut Kyler Murray down for the year, have him come back in 2024 as your guy, and have that play really hard, be in close games, but lose more than you win? I don't know. What I do know is the last two weeks of football have been some of the most fun I've had since taking over this podcast, since being in sports radio in Phoenix since 2012. These last two weeks are like a personification of hope and change. And damn it, it feels really good to witness it. Alex Nancy, Locked on Cardinals. I will talk to you tomorrow.